0: What is it that starts a revolution, or an evolution? These days, the answer to that question is quite easy to see, as things are moving so quickly. As we work with this caban tricina, we might also ask, how does this tie in with the 25-ton Aztec calendar stone in Mexico City? We'll look at these questions after I welcome you to episode 34 of Navigating the Energies of Life, a podcast that looks at how the energies of the Maya calendar are at work in the world and how they apply to daily lives. This is Marguerite Paquin, continuing with this podcast to accompany my horoscope blog that tracks this calendar's days and cycles. First, just a reminder of the structure that we're working with here. Some refer to it as an artifact of an ancient civilization, but most who know it see it as a highly sophisticated approach to timekeeping, a system that encodes the natural energies that cycle through life. The core of this calendar involves the cycling of 20 unique solar forces in combination with 13 unique numerical powers to create a count of days called a Zolkan. Each of the days in this 260-day cycle is energetically unique, and each is representative of a particular combination of forces that can strongly influence daily events and personal lives indeed every person carries the energetic imprint of the forces that were in play at the time of their birth and those forces tend to play an important role in how people live their lives and interact in the world the influence of those energies on world events and people's lives is the focus for both the blog and this podcast. In Mesoamerican timekeeping, one of the central ways of working with these energies is through tracking the tresinas, the 20, 13-day periods that cycle within this system, with each tresina having a different emphasis or theme. We're now working with the energies of the caban tricina, which began this past Sunday on the 4th of July. This ties in with my question about the Aztec calendar stone, the enormous 25-ton sculpted stone disk that could be seen in the National Museum in Mexico City. Aztec hieroglyphs representing the 20 core days of this ancient calendar are carved into the surface of that stone, and in the center of the stone is a large hieroglyph that was known to the Aztec as Olin, associated with the earth and with movement and change. And Olin is the Aztec equivalent of the Maya energy known as Caban, which is the energy that works with all the other days in the Caban Trisina, where we are right now. This is a key 13-day period within the 260-day cycle as a whole. One Caban, one movement, as in that central hieroglyph in the Aztec Sunstone, marks the start of the fourth 52-day period within the overall 260-day cycle. And this particular time zone often pushes things forward in big ways, often bringing massive change. Just looking back for a moment at the last Trisina, which was Khan, we can recall that the con trēsina was often seen as a time of testing, a period where things are often set up for the next significant shift point, the one that we're at right now. That was a period that can sometimes draw attention to things that had previously been unseen or long hidden, suddenly exposing issues and even jolting people into new realizations in many different areas. These new realizations can then start to germinate new directions and new courses of action. During those 13 days, there were many jolts, including the finding of 751 unmarked graves at the site of yet another former Indian residential school, which really brought to the attention of Canada and the world the severity of the atrocities that have been inflicted on First Nations children and families and communities for centuries as a result of colonial attitudes and practices. Another jolt came when a condo tower in Florida collapsed taking the lives of what could be some 145 or so people bringing to attention the need for more stringent construction regulations. In Brazil, during that time, it seemed that people had finally had enough of President Bolsonaro's regime as tens of thousands of people took to the streets across Brazil on the last day of the last Tresina, which was last Saturday to protest against him and the way he and his government have been handling or not the COVID situation in that country. By this point, there had been over 525,000 deaths in Brazil due to COVID, the second highest death toll in the world after the US. A criminal investigation into Bolsonaro's corruption has finally been opened there, which could lead to some huge changes. Changes that are long overdue since only 11% of adults in Brazil are fully vaccinated and the daily case numbers remain in the tens of thousands. In the U.S., the criminal investigation into the dumpsters' businesses and allies is tightening. And an investigation into the January 6th insurrection is now moving forward, with over 500 arrests having been made in that regard. And then, there is the heat dome situation in Western Canada and on the Pacific coast, where, at last count, 777 sudden deaths have been attributed to the heat in British Columbia alone. As well, there are currently over 200 wildfires burning in B.C., and many others have been reported in California and other coastal regions, reminding every one of the perils and realities of climate change, and underscoring the critical need to deal much more effectively with this issue for the sake of the planet and our very survival. There was also a massive fire in Cyprus, forcing the evacuation of 10 villages. And I just heard that more than a billion seashore animals living along the coastlines in BC may have been killed due to the intense heat. Heat that is absolutely not normal in this region, that is usually quite temperate. So this brings us to where we are now. As mentioned with regard to other tresinas, each 13-day period within this calendar is overseen by a particular type of energy, generally depicted as a deity in Mesoamerican mythology. For the Kiban tresina, the overseer was identified in Aztec mythology as Tlazolteotl, the Great mother goddess known as the Eater of Filth, who was associated with forgiveness and purification. She was seen not only as a fertility goddess who worked with major generative forces, but also as an entity who conducted confessional rites. This deity would certainly be welcomed in canada at the moment since many people are feeling great remorse over the fact that a great many people may have known little if anything about the devastating impact of colonialism on the indigenous nations in this country many are now stepping up to learn as much as they can about what happened during that long and Dreadful period. Many are looking for ways to help. And as we move forward, a ground swell is building as people call for reckoning and reconciliation. Indeed, there is a tendency for events within the Keban timeframe that we're now in to be oftentimes world-shaping in nature, in terms of both major endings, as well as in the emergence of new beginnings in association with issues that are often of an earth-shaking nature. The Aztec hieroglyph for this day shows two interlocking elements that are representative of movement, generally evolutionary movement, and indeed many, many consequential world-oriented events have happened during this period in the past. This is often a time when consequences from an earlier event can come back to haunt as opposite forces swing into action. That is what's now happening in this regard, in terms of the legacy of colonialism. And as it happens, the very first day of this time frame, One Caban, the initiation of evolutionary movement, on Sunday July 4th brought some evolutionary movement to Chile with the inauguration of Chile's newly elected Constitutional Assembly made up of a broad swath of that country's diverse population. The Assembly was tasked with drafting a new constitution and historic development since this is the first time in history that Chile has tasked newly elected individuals with the drafting of a new constitution. And even more historic and evolutionary is the fact that Elisa Lankan, a 58-year-old activist for mapuche Educational and Linguistic Rights was chosen to draft a new text to replace Chile's previous Magna Carta, which had been created by the dictator Pinochet. Chileans are now pushing for improvements to public health and education, equal rights for all, and for viable environmental regulations. It will be interesting to see what evolves in that regard. But this drafting of a new constitution is a great step forward. Note that this was the Tresina in place last October when mass protests against inequality were taking place across Chile. Leading to 78% of Chile's voters casting their ballots in support of this rewriting of the constitution to bring an end to that old right wing era. So, all this is taking place in the same Tresina as before, as so often happens. Now, before we have a look at some of the key days within this period, I want to take a long view of a couple of things. First, the Trisina itself. This is running from 1 Kaban, which was Sunday, the 4th of July, to 13 Muluk, which will be July 16th. And from the perspective of this Trisina as a whole, relating to evolutionary movement, let's have a quick look back at the source of what, over the centuries, resulted in what we are learning more about right now. The annihilation of millions of people and incomparable amounts of suffering. Let's just take a little journey back through time. We're going to southern Spain in 1492. The first day of this Trisina, in late July of that year was likely a hot summer day. And in the harbor of Palos de la Frontera in Castile three ships are being loaded with supplies for a voyage into the unknown they're about to set sail across the Atlantic to try to find a direct water route from Europe to Asia by the midpoint of the Tresina, they were off With the winds of evolutionary movement pushing them towards a new world which is how they would see it it took a couple of months but eventually they landed in the bahamas what is now known as the bahamas and began their search for in the words of christopher columbus who was at the helm quote pearls precious stones gold silver Spices and other objects and merchandise, whatsoever. Unquote. This is what he had promised to get for his Spanish patrons, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. That was the lovely couple who had instituted the barbaric Spanish Inquisition also known as, quote, the Tribunal of the Holy Office of the Inquisition, unquote. A gag-worthy phrase, if ever there was one, during which the Spanish Church sought to combat heresy by torturing people into conversion. Muslims and Jews were a favorite target. And about four months before Columbus and his entourage set sail, this royal couple issued an order to expel all Jews from the country by the end of July, which would have been the fourth day of this Chesina. So, as Columbus was packing his bags Tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of Jews were frantically selling their lands and possessions and rushing to leave the country as well. Now, here is where I've just made a small discovery of my own, which takes us into a wider view of the calendar. Bear with me here. In the wider view, the Zulkan that we're working with here fits into a larger arrangement where it connects with the energies aligned with the 365-day year. It takes 52 years, less 13 days to cycle through one complete calendar round that involves that intersection between the 260-day Zulkan and that yearly cycle which in this system is composed of 18 months each with 20 days per month and then one short transitory period of five days. So every day along this 52-year journey is unique in terms of the combined forces at work. And when that long count cycle returns to a specific date, It's like the beginning of a new evolutionary cycle for whatever was going on at the time. Important 52-year returns were celebrated in many places with new fire ceremonies. I mentioned in my horoscope blog that we begin a new Maya month on July 9th. That will be one of those months that intersect with the Zulcan to create a calendar-round date. Okay, so back to 1492 and my aha moment. Just a few days before Columbus's departure, with so many people scrambling to leave that country, the Maya would have been celebrating their new year, the beginning of a year that would have been known as One Caban. That would have been in place on what would have been, from a European perspective, July 28th in 1492, just before Columbus embarked on that adventure. So the Maya day was one Caban, zero Pope, the first day of the year, one Caban. So everything, everything about that time and that year overall from the Maya calendar perspective would have been about evolutionary movement, massive change in some way or another. So there was Columbus, off in search of treasure, Columbus, with his 15th century Spanish way of looking at the world, arriving at a place that looked completely unlike the place he had just left. And in his journal, he recorded his initial impressions Quote, They brought us parrots and balls of cotton and spears and many other things which they exchanged for the glass beads and hawk's bells, he wrote. They willingly traded everything they owned. They were well built, with good bodies and handsome features. They do not bear arms and do not know them, for I showed them a sword. They took it by the edge and cut themselves out of ignorance they had no iron they would make fine servants with 50 men we could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want Unquote. in fact the following year he did just that he returned and founded the hispaniola settlement and enslaved hundreds of indigenous people to help build a Spanish colony. And while that was happening, the Catholic Church was formalizing this approach to finding new worlds into a papal bull that became known as the Doctrine of Discovery that stated that any land not inhabited by Christians was available to be discovered, claimed, and exploited by Christian rulers. It was a barbarous doctrine issued on an 8 Caban day in 1493 that declared that, quote, the Catholic faith and Christian religion be exalted, and be everywhere increased and spread, that the health of souls be cared for, and that barbarous nations be overthrown and brought to the faith itself, Unquote. And thus began the big lie that Columbus discovered a new world filled with, with savages, and it was all there for the taking. Now, in our time machine, let's fast forward to the first day of this Tracina in 1537. One Caban again, which also happened to be in another Caban year which was when Pope Paul III issued a papal bull called Sublimus Deus that, in effect, rescinded the doctrine of discovery after a priest who had been in Hispaniola told him about the horrific way that Indians were being treated there. Apparently, that papal document indicated that the Indians were to be regarded as truly human, which apparently was not the way they were seen before that. Anyway, the document also said the Indian nations were not to be deprived of their liberty or property. Sounds good, like they were finally getting it. However, Apparently, after a great deal of political pressure, the same Pope later removed all ecclesiastical penalties for any violation of the terms of the sublimus deus. And by that time, which was 1537, millions of indigenous people had already been deprived of their lives their liberty and their property because of the original papal bull of 1493. so this has been a mess for a very long time and tragically the atrocities against the first nations the indigenous nations of the americas continued on for centuries after that. The UN didn't pass a resolution declaring the rights of indigenous peoples until 2007. And the legacy of all of that is now clear to see. Even late Saturday evening, the evening before this current Tristina came into place on July 4th, white supremacists chanting Reclaim America were marching through Philadelphia right near Independence Hall. According to the Anti-Defamation League, these are the kind of people who, quote, maintain that their ancestors conquered America and bequeathed it solely to them, unquote. Just goes to show how deeply ingrained the evil of the doctrine of discovery has become. But the Caban Tristina has continued to bring progress over the years. As we could see on one Caban in 1986, long time after the early ones, but 1986 when the United Church of Canada officially apologized to Canada's indigenous peoples for past wrongs inflicted on them by that church. And on another topic, which ties in with this, on One Caban in 2005, Roman Catholic bishops in the U.S. admitted that over the previous year, They had received over 1,000 new allegations of sexual abuse perpetrated by at least 756 Catholic priests and deacons. It is truly a huge mess. Let's have a look at a couple of other very key events that have taken place on One Caban, this initiation of evolutionary movement. Force. If we fast forward nine calendar rounds from that energy that was in place when Columbus was preparing to embark on that first journey, we arrive again at the calendar round date, one Kaban, zero Pope, the first day of the year, one Kaban, which is the day of the Maya New Year. In April of 1960, that was when Martin Luther King Jr. met with students at Shaw University to begin the formation of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, the beginning of student direct action in the cause of civil rights. That was also the day when Mikhail Kornienko was born, who went on to become the Russian cosmonaut, who, along with U.S. astronaut Scott Kelly, embarked on a year-long mission on the ISS in 2015. And Mikhail and Scott would likely never have been able to do that if it hadn't been for something that happened throughout the Caban Tresina in 1969, one calendar round ago as of now. Think now in terms of the entire Tresina, because right now, The exact same energies are in place as were in place in mid-July in 1969 at the time of the Great Moonwalk Adventure. It was the Maya long count day, one caban, 15 sec, exactly as was in place on July 4th this year that was in place on Apollo 11's first full day in space as it set its sights on the moon for that first moonwalk by a human being after launching the day before. On that one Kiban day, the first color TV transmission to Earth from Apollo 11 took place on the same day as a successful mid-course correction was made to set the adventurers on course for the moon. Three days later the eyes of the world watched as the lunar module named Eagle, carrying astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin made its successful descent to the surface of the moon. The third astronaut, Michael Collins, monitored the landing from the orbiting command module known as Columbia, named after, hmm, guess who. That day was for a how, one of the most important days within the entire Zulcan cycle. This is a double sun type of force, with the number four representing the solar deity and the day itself, Ahau, representing the full light of the sun. So overall, four Ahau represents these solar forces, or enlightenment, doubled. Within the Maya calendar, the day for Ahau is seen as a defining Burner Day. And in the Ahau Burner Day sequence, this is symbolic of running with the fire, which can often bring forth extremely important events related to where we're all going on planet Earth. This is the energy in place on December 21st, 2012, which coincided with the end of the very long time frame, just under 5200 years at the end of the 13th baktun in the Maya long count, at which point a whole new great cycle of time began. So, On Wednesday, July 7th, we will have completed 12 Zulcan cycles since December 21st, 2012, and we will be beginning the 13th cycle. Back to our astronauts on the Moon for a moment. Setting aside the fact that the whole world was watching from different time zones, and who knows how these energies relate to the Moon. From the perspective of Earth, it appeared that the first steps on the Moon took place during that transition zone between one energy and the next, late at night from the command point on Earth and into the following morning. So think for how transitioning into five Imish, with five being a precision type of energy and Imish being related to birth and the opening up of the realm of all potential, kind of like enlightenment opening up the realm of all potential. That was when Neil Armstrong took that photo of the lunar lander sitting on the moon as shown in my blog. Four days later they splashed down safely near Hawaii. So all this took place within the context of this Tresina, when all the same energies were in place one calendar round ago. Looking back in history, many, many significant events have taken place within the context of this Trecina, as when For how was in place in 1945 at the time of the signing of the unconditional documents of surrender by German forces at the end of World War II. Among those events was the end of the space shuttle era, as the space shuttle Atlantis spent its final day in orbit on a four how day in twenty eleven, landing just before dawn the following morning on five imish, marking the end of that era in space exploration and now another era is beginning also within this Tracaena as Richard Branson and five others are about to be launched into space on a Virgin Atlantic mission on July the 11th and in Canada another historic event has taken place just before I began recording this on 3 Kawak the day before 4 AHO. this afternoon it was announced that Queen Elizabeth has approved the appointment of Inuk leader Mary Simon to become Canada's 30th Governor-General. She will become the first Indigenous person in Canada to take on the role. Once she's installed, she will be the Queen's representative and will outrank Justin Trudeau in holding the second highest federal office in Canada after the Queen. So as Canada struggles with reckoning and reconciliation with regard to the residential school atrocities, she will take on important responsibilities. Another day to watch for will be 6, Eek, on July 9th. This is an everywhere type of energy associated with wind, breath, and spirit. One cycle ago, last October, this was in place as Washington artist Suzanne Brennan Furstenberg was putting together her huge In America, How Could This Happen? installation, which was a huge field of white flags in Washington, D.C., to illustrate and honor those who had been lost to COVID. At that time, the U.S. death toll from COVID-19 was just over 220,000 But since then, more than 400,000 more people have died from it in that country. One cycle before that, in February of 2020, Republicans in the U.S. Senate voted to acquit the tyrant-in-chief after disallowing witnesses and disallowing a great deal of evidence in the impeachment proceedings even though polls taken on that same day revealed that 75% of American voters wanted a proper trial. At that time, Mitt Romney was the only Republican senator with enough gumption to vote in favor of impeachment. His stance denied the Republicans' unanimous support for acquittal. But that was the moment when everything could have changed. They had the opportunity to oust the tyrant-in-chief, but instead they gave him free reign, and then COVID took over. So let's just have a quick look at how things have changed over the past two cycles. Two cycles ago, as of five imish. We had the coronavirus outbreak aboard the Diamond Princess, which led to that ship with over 2,600 passengers being quarantined in the port of Yokohama. Guests were forbidden to disembark. They were told to wear masks and were confined to their cabins. Over 700 passengers and crew on board tested positive and the diamond princess became the focal point for the highest number of cases outside mainland china within a few weeks other ships had similar experiences leading to a shutdown of the entire cruise ship industry three days after that came the death of dr li wen liang the doctor who had issued the first warnings to colleagues about the seven confirmed cases of coronavirus in Wuhan. Two days after that was 10 Kimi, which can translate as foundational death, which was when 97 people were reported to have died from the coronavirus, the deadliest number of casualties in a single day at that time. And then we learned that by then, 908 people had died overall in China. Three days after that, it was confirmed that the global number of cases had actually exceeded 65,000, which was a shock at that time. And in the middle of all this, the dumpster rolled out a budget that called for $1 trillion in cuts to Medicaid, and to the Affordable Care Act over a decade. He also sought to have U.S. funding for the World Health Organization and called for deep cuts to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and to the Infectious Diseases Rapid Response Reserve Fund. It was sheer madness. That was in February of 2020. 20 by the time we got to the beginning of this chinas last october one cycle later the global number of cases had zoomed up to nearly 40 million with some 8.3 million cases in the us as this tracena opened there were 54,000 new cases registered in the U.S. on that day, and the death toll was quickly rising to close to 225,000, which was what Susanna was drawing attention to with her white flag display. At that time, India had registered close to 8 million cases, over 62,000 new cases as of one caban at that time, and Brazil had over 5 million cases. The UK had over 700,000 registered cases with over 16,000 new at that time, and over 43,000 people had died there. At that time, vaccines were still not available. So fast forward now one more cycle to the beginning of this Jacina, this July 4th. And we find that the global number of cases has skyrocketed to over 184 million cases with well over 34 million in the U.S. The death toll by then in the U.S. was over 620,000. But the rate of new cases has dropped dramatically to just over 4,000 as of that day. The number of daily deaths was dramatically lower, after several months of vigorous campaigning to get people vaccinated. Similarly, there were dramatic drops in new cases and in death rates from COVID in many other countries, primarily those with vigorous vaccination programs. Brazil remains very problematic, with now close to 19 million cases. Just today, they had over 62,000 new cases, and other South American countries also continue to have high numbers in the tens of thousands. And the numbers are rising in places such as Iran and Bangladesh. Even in Europe, the numbers remain quite high. If you add the case numbers in France at over 5.7 million to Spain at close to 4 million, to Germany at over 3.7 million, to Italy at over 4.2 million, to the UK at close to 5 million cases. That's inching close to 23 million cases. And even today, the UK registered over. 28,000 new ones. So it's far from over. And now, in addition to the pandemic, we have the enormous problems presenting themselves in the form of climate change issues, as mentioned earlier. When we get to Tenkimi, that foundational death day, It will be two cycles exactly since the Antarctic registered a temperature of more than 20 degrees Celsius or 68 Fahrenheit for the first time, prompting fears of climate instability in the world's greatest repository of ice. One cycle ago, last October, Power was cut to more than a million people in Central California to prevent sparking wildfires during extreme fire weather, at the same time as two fast-moving fires exploded in Southern California, forcing the evacuation of some 100,000 people. I've also just noticed that back in 2011, This dracene also brought some sweltering July heat, also from a heat dome that covered much of the U.S. and eastern Canada. At that time, a heat advisory was issued for 34 states. And even back in 1937, one caban brought the hottest day on record in Canada up to that point. So it's looking like this could be a long, hot summer. In addition to that, what could the Kiban Tresina bring this time? For one thing, at least here in British Columbia, people are taking to the vaccination programs in a big way. Over 78% of those eligible have apparently already had one dose, And it's expected that by early September, 90% will have had both doses for maximum available protection against the coronavirus. Other countries, no doubt, will be pushing for greater access to immunization programs. And hopefully the pledges by G7 leaders will help to make those programs happen. We all have a lot of work to do. In Canada, the final report on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission to do with the residential schools and their legacy contains 94 calls to action. It's called upon all parts of Canadian society to commit to reconciliation and to work on building a more respectful relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. The Honorable Murray Sinclair, who chaired the commission, acknowledged that reconciliation is going to be difficult. But he also pointed out that there are now guidelines that can be taken and should be taken to move forward. Those guidelines are a vast improvement over whatever that was that Columbus was following over 500 years ago. I think it's significant that Senator Sinclair's traditional Ojibwe name is Mitsune Gizek, and I hope I've pronounced that correctly, meaning the one who speaks of pictures in the sky, similar to Maya Day 12 Lamat, which would be his Maya birth energy. 12 Lamat near the end of this Chesena is a grouping together kind of force related to Venus, which was seen as a signaller or herald. And that is exactly what he has been doing with regard to that commission. Okay, time to finish up. As always, of course, the full list of days and a brief description of their energies can be found in my Maya Count of Days Horoscope blog, which can be found at whitepuppress.ca and mayacalendararts.com. Just click on Horoscope blog to take you to that section. For anyone who might like some assistance directly from me in terms of exploring how these energies may work within your own lives, there are a number of options outlined on that Maya Calendar Arts site. Contact information is in the websites if you have any questions. Let's just finish up with a couple of quotes from the Honorable Murray Sinclair, the wise herald who served the justice system in Manitoba for over 25 years and was the first indigenous judge appointed in that province and the second in Canada. He provides the reminder, referring to all that has happened, that we should never forget It's part of who we are as a nation. And this nation must never forget what it once did to its most vulnerable people. Indeed. You know, I often wonder what this world might be like right now if Columbus and his Spanish entourage And those who followed after, had treated the new world and its inhabitants with the respect they deserved. If they had seen those first and subsequent encounters as opportunities to learn something from people who were different from them, instead of seeing them as beings to be enslaved and subjugated, who knows? We might have been working with the Maya calendar quite naturally by now. But that didn't happen, and here we are. On the wall of Queen's University's Faculty of Law Building in Kingston, Ontario, is a statement that Commissioner Murray Sinclair, made during his 2009 to 2015 tenure as the Chief Commissioner of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada. These words are one of the first things people will see when they enter that building. He said, quote, the road we travel is equal in importance to the destination we seek there are no shortcuts when it comes to truth and reconciliation we are forced to go the distance hang in there everyone we're all in this together in canada and in other countries this is a group situation, a group issue, as is climate change. Let's see what we can do together to help the powerful evolutionary forces of this Kiban Tresina move in a positive direction. Stay calm, stay cool. Love to you all.